Hello. This week, we're going to be finding out about how Bitcoin SV is moving beyond the small community of people who spend their lives thinking about and working on it and out into the broader world of industry, commerce and consumers. My guest is the first member of staff to join the Bitcoin Association's new headquarters in Zug, Switzerland, where he is Europe and Operations Manager. So I'd like to welcome Patrick Prince. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Charles. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for doing it. And um, uh, beautiful uh, color coordination with your background there in, in proper Bitcoin Association colors. I appreciate it. Quite some effort. I try to be a good corporate citizen. <laughs> You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Let me start by asking you, if I may, what exactly your job consists of as, as Europe and operations manager for the Bitcoin Association? What does that mean sort of day to day? So with the new legal entity setup that we have now in Zug, Switzerland, it was actually the first um, official uh, registered legal entity and um, we, you know, we like to call ourselves uh, the blockchain for enterprise. And so it is very important that we also um, coming across as enterprise uh, like. So once it was clear that the new legal entity would be in Switzerland, I was asked whether I can join and uh, help setting up the operations. In order to you know, build an organization that is scalable, it requires a lot of processes, um, workflows that need to be defined um, so every new member, every new employee that is onboarded, no matter in which country, um, brings along also unique challenges. And in order to build a robust organization, you need to define those those processes and uh, build the proper documentation. So, so how big is the Bitcoin Association now and, and how big is it planning to, to become? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, currently, uh, we're probably around uh, 25 people, I would argue. This includes what I would call internal and external consultants, so people who work very closely with us. We do have certain um, partners uh, which are uh, almost exclusively um, do doing a job um, for us uh, globally. And so um, we do have quite some vacancies. So I recommend everyone to check out on a regular basis the carrier website on bitcoinassociation.net. And um, we do grow in all functions. Great. Um, I'd like to talk really more about um, your work in the, the big wide world beyond the Bitcoin Association and, and really beyond people who even have necessarily even heard about Bitcoin SV or know anything about Bitcoin at all. Um, I mean, one thing I was wondering is your, your background is in consulting and financial services and IT and so on. Right. When you are dealing with the the outside world those people you're trying to interest in bitcoin sv how much is that the same world and the same kind of function for you that you had previously in, in those other roles correct so i'm wearing actually two hats one is the operational uh, leadership hat and the other one is uh, what they call europe manager but this is really where my passion lies i guess um, because of my previous work experience and this is what also dragged me into um, Bitcoin and then Bitcoin SV uh, specifically. Um, the market that we're looking at is a global market, but currently, you know, many focus on uh, a, a tiny fraction, which is the uh, Bitcoin SV ecosystem. And even the digital asset industry overall is still uh, a tiny fraction. 
um, of what is really um, the addressable market. So I still see a significant disconnect between most of the industry out there and what we refer as to the, the, the BSV ecosystem. So um, in order to bridge this gap, it requires people who can uh, translate the technical terminology, who can navigate, who can guide the companies within the growing ecosystem. And this is a function that I see as becoming more and more important. As the technology becomes more mature, there needs to be a distribution arm, someone who you know, introduces the people into this new world. And it is really two different worlds that we're seeing out there. The digital transformation that we have, especially in the German-speaking area, so Austria, Switzerland, uh, Germany, it's largely driven by what we call the uh, SME sector. It's really the backbone of these countries, a strong SME sector. And there, the digital transformation is far behind what, what people think is the standard. Right. Well, you, you talk about SMEs, sm small and medium-sized enterprises. And uh, I know before we were talking, uh, before we started recording this conversation, you were telling me about some quite interesting examples that you'd come across where there was already real utility being discovered uh, for Bitcoin SV. Can you just tell me about that? So I've come across companies um, that have started adapting uh, solutions which we have within the BSV ecosystem, but not because they are you know, BSV fans, but actually provide them utility. And one example I want to specifically highlight is a company called uh, Stabilberg. It's a gentleman um, that we will also have at the Kongi conference uh, speaking more about why he actually did this. And it's a small construction company in the Frankfurt area in Germany. And uh, the benefit he saw for his company is that he can create a simple customer retention program with the Fabric Simple Token Protocol. So he created his own token. It's called Stabilver Credits. And it allows him to, or it allows his customers to actually uh, pre-buy the tokens at a discount. So they will buy a token um, at a 10% discount and can later on use this token in order to pay. You know, it sounds very simple, and, and it probably is. But the reality is very early on, he kind of differentiates um, by offering an alternative. It allows their, uh, his clients to capture a discount. And at the same time, he receives the, 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 client's, um, the client's money very early on. And you know, this happens in many industries, but particularly in the construction industry, that the payment terms are very long. So the, the effect on the working capital is a significant one. And um, funnily enough, he has informed me that uh, friends uh, in his network that uh, also operate uh, businesses, not in the same industry, very different industries, but they have, uh, you know, they have found the, uh, the opportunity and the solution very appealing. And they've requested him already to, you know, to get an introduction to, so they can also adopt their own token for their very own ecosystem. And this goes back to a fundamental problem that exists in the industry. Um, SMEs are typically left out by the larger software providers. Um, they focus on uh, solutions which work for uh, large-scale enterprises, multiple jurisdictions, you know, consolidation across different entities, legal entities. Um, and for SMEs, in particular one, the, the, the small-sized uh, businesses, for them, every solution is fairly expensive. Every percentage of margin that goes away from them, it counts. And so and a simple customer retention program, which they can practically implement at no cost, 
is very attractive here. And we already see this in the market, right? You see the Apple, the Amazon, the, the Facebook vouchers um, at, the, at the cashier's desk in the supermarket. So we're already doing this. We're pre-buying pre, pre uh, credit. And this is incentivized here specifically through, through the discount that he provides. So I can see that your eyes light up when you uh, hear about stories like that and meet, meet people like that. What is, the, what is the mechanism or how will you be able to take advantage of the experience of, uh, of this particular scheme to generalize it to the market as a whole, do you think? What, how, how is that going to work? Yeah, so what I'm doing right now is obviously I, I, I bring this feedback back to the solution provider, in this case, uh, the Bayesian group. And um, you know, I'm telling that about the experiences people outside of the BSV ecosystem make, because it's really the, the market that they should address, the, the, the global market with their solutions. Um, allowing people with, with a simple way to, to start and get going is, is important, because by introducing this token, he's also familiarizing his own clients uh, with wallets. How does it work? How do you do a payment? At the same time, I believe there's a massive opportunity for people who are exactly building this bridge between the protocol, the technology provider, of which we have many. They focus on the technology right now in the BZ ecosystem and the market out there. Why is that? I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm in Austria right now with my parents-in-law and they're building a house and they hire a builder. They hire a builder, which is effectively an architect. And this architect provides a one-stop shop solution, right? So they have the access to the, all the craftsmen, the plumber, the electrician, and so on. And this is really the role that they play. They, they hold the relationship and they manage. They're almost like project managers. And there's significant value to that. They know the network. They have the direct access. And for the clients, it's an easy kind of one-stop shop solution. It's going to be very, very similar for the BSV ecosystem. And why is that? Because companies look at it as a technology, as an enterprise software comparable to the ERP system they already use, the cloud software they use, um, the, I don't know, the, the office administrative tools they're already using. And if you look at these industries today, the distribution arm itself is a significant industry. And these people, their asset is the relationships which they hold. So I encourage actually the companies in our ecosystem to look at you know, companies, uh, distribution people, which are willing you know, to take on um, or to take their client relationships and have them work with the technology providers. So I already foresee companies popping up with just simple distribution arms. They are holding a client relationship. They are having a network of technology providers, maybe of implementers as well. And um, all they're doing is they're putting the pieces together and they manage it on behalf of the client. So, so you're talking about a new kind of business that is uh, providing expertise in integrating Bitcoin SV solutions into somebody else's business. Is that right? Absolutely. Except that the industry of you know just distribution and sales you know already exists across across any business, any any service or product. So it's really the same thing, but it's a very important part in the value creation for the client. And the incentive is also significant because the sales margin across an industry is a very big one. So if you look at comparable companies like you know the SAPs, Oracle, Salesforce of this world, some of them do have their own Salesforce, but the external Salesforce of them, their sales uh, partners, 
are at least as big, if not significantly bigger, if you look at Salesforce, for an example. They have built an army of outside distributors by incentivizing them. And I think we have now a unique tool that allows us to incentivize people like never before, and it's microtransactions. So now you can let have people contribute and then reward them in real time as revenue comes in, in a multi-output transaction. I think this is the unique part here. So there's a new way of incentivizing such distributors. But just so that I understand what you're, what you're sort of proposing, um, I mean, with, with Oracle, for instance, they may have outside people who are incentivized to, to, to get third parties to sign up to Oracle and Oracle will get profit from that. But in right. the case of Bitcoin SV, the blockchain exists. Nobody is collecting rent for using the blockchain. So who is in that position in, in relation to the model that you're proposing? Mm -hmm. It will be the companies that provide a service on top of the blockchain. And it's practically pretty much all of them from the miners who want to collect transaction revenue so you can guide them transactions. I've already heard the name about a transaction broker. There was something, a, a business model that was introduced by a couple of uh, salespeople from the US. Um, but also, you know, the, the larger companies uh, that have applications, services that you provide. I'm telling you, if they can focus their resources on their core competences, which might be research, development, uh, the service, the offering, and they can count on a strong sales force, um, I'm pretty sure they are willing to give away a cut as, you know, if, if they bring business. Mm. It's it's the same across any industry. It has been the same for for, for decades and, and centuries, and it will be the same for the BSV ecosystem. Being able to guide someone, especially because the information asymmetry is so big, is going to be um, a massive opportunity. And let me tell you this: the the network now grows, right? We have many newcomers uh, coming into the BSV ecosystem. There's, uh, you know, almost on a weekly basis, we have new services, products that no one has ever thought of. We have a, an explosion of innovation because there's new tools available to developers and creators and entrepreneurs. And one incentive for me to come into this industry was to now be part of this explosion of innovation and understand and learn and talk to entrepreneurs that are building uh, those new solutions. I think this network will be extremely valuable. But it's interesting that you use the analogy of your parents-in-law with their architect, because it seems to me that you are talking about a new sort of position as what, what would be called solutions architect. Absolutely, this already exists. If you think about it, the large companies here if they want to do blockchain, the first thing they do is they reach out to the big consulting companies, the McKinsey's of this world, the PwC, and they go and ask them for a choice. And they do this because they are trusted partners. They might not be at the forefront of the technology, but they themselves then go out and do the research, the work, rather than, you know, building knowledge internally at the company. This is always the easiest way, you know, contract someone. And so if you're now early on part of this game, you will be the go-to person, the go-to agent, if you want to say so, the go-to solutions architect um, that also the technology providers want to work with because they know you bring in leads and business. And this is really it. If I bring a government contract, a uh, multi-million dollar, 
I'm pretty sure today I can go to pretty much all the companies in the BSV ecosystem and ask them to join me for the project. So I think uh, there is people already out in the market who have such relationships. Um, they're not aware yet of this new technology, these new solutions which are available. And the first couple of years with any new technology are those where the margins are the biggest. So the earlier you're part of this game, I think the better. I mean, it seems to me that you're describing a kind of continuum between people who are very technically involved with developing software and so on on one end, and at the other end, uh, people who know nothing about that, but understand business and have existing businesses. And what you're trying to do is fill in the, the pipeline between them with, with all the relevant skills so that the, the, the knowledge and the, and the economy can start flowing. Right. I think there's evidence in the market. We are hearing about announcements of other blockchain camps you know, every week, and some of them are very significant. And we wonder, because many of us have tested the capabilities, and we wonder how is it possible? But this is where there's a misunderstanding sometimes within the, let's say, the, the, the technical front within the BSV ecosystem. No matter how good the technology is, the presentation, the sales pitch, the relationship drives eventually the decision to make an investment. If your product is extremely good, but the representation, the sales pitch is bad, you will not make business. The other way around, you can sign a contract and still have a product which is you know, average. I think this is much more likely to happen. So the gap that exists between those who are technically very capable and provide and create new great solutions and the market is, is, is a wide opportunity for those who can create relationships who can do the sales pitch and who you know can navigate through the ecosystem. We have created leads, we have created great products. The implementation in between is you know typical project management work. But it's an illusion you walk up to UBS and tell them, you know, I have this new great payment solution or I have this new back-end settlement solution. They don't care. Right? They can't make quick decisions, first of all. It's very hierarchical, it's a time, it's a it's a time-consuming process. It takes months, probably years, until you push something through. And this requires, you know, lots of hand-holding, many meetings, uh, many lunches and dinners and drinks. This is relationship management work. So why not, you know, focus on this part if you're really good in this and then, you know, buy into the technology. You can buy the services or you become, a, you know, a distribution partner. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the opportunity that I'm looking at. I mean... The big consultancy firms are very successful in that kind of work, as you're saying, but it is work that is costly to do, and the payback may only come months or years later. So it, it, it perhaps is more difficult to set up a business that, you know, once it's working, would be profitable and would work. But how do we get from, from here to there? Yeah, it's, it's human intensive. I agree. But, you know, many out there already have those relationships. And I can see it because there's some conversations ongoing with what I would call multipliers or distribution companies that they don't care. They don't care if they sell Hyperledger or a BSV-based solution or, I don't know, an Ethereum-based solution. What they care about is that their client has a solution that uh, he is happy about. And, uh, you know, at the, at the small scale right now, many can't differentiate between the Ethereum solution, the BSV solution. We know that we can provide a solution that works at large scale, 
But in order to get there, to have them sign the contract and get started with you, it requires relationship building. People buy from people. They don't buy because, you know, the technology is somewhere out there and some, some others say it's great. It, it requires much, much more. Um, the tool that I addressed earlier that you can benefit in close to real time in a, in a microtransaction or even per transaction that you direct to a certain technology provider, I think this is unique. And it incentivizes everyone in this value chain to do the same, to work towards the same goal. So um, you have a strong interest to grow the technology provider's relationship through you with this client, because the more transactions that are being directed to them, the more you know your 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 twenty four seven real time revenue grows. Right. I think this is this is unique and will be uh, will be exploited by by the by the distributors. I mean, it all sounds very positive, and you've got a great vision of of how that might move forward. Let's just spend a little time talking about the negative side of it. Um, I just saw Elon Musk today complaining about the uh, energy usage of Bitcoin. And of course, there's all the associations with uh, money laundering, drugs and so on. What's been your experience of opening up those conversations with people who perhaps only start with negative impressions of, of this area? Um, the ecological aspects, it's a, it's a very trendy topic especially among corporates um, who are being closely followed by shareholders, investors, clients. And it requires quite some education on why proof of work is superior to proof of stake. It just seems so clear that proof of stake uh, you know, is, is ecologically more friendly and this is why. But there's clear um, incentives and there is a, a certain um, visibility and transparency of the players that is extremely important to the security of the network. So um, this education takes some time, but it, again, it requires um, a relationship that you start building so that these people actually spend time with you. It's not easy to walk up to a company and get a few hours, you know, or multiple meetings with some decision makers. You have this, uh, you have to build this uh, via, via over time and with trust. So when we're looking at the, the companies that might be implementing BSV in the future, what kind of mechanism uh, is, is going to make that possible? And what kind of people within those businesses do you see as the, the main players that are going to help make that possible? Middle management or lower management uh, people in companies that have understood after some time that understanding the inner workings of such solutions is you know, a boost to their career. So all of a sudden, people who have you know, early, uh, early on worked in the back office or middle office are now being pulled into decision maker meetings because um, they are the only ones within the company that have knowledge of this new emerging technology. With that being said, um, I like to focus on low-hanging fruits, create solutions which don't necessarily expose the people to the volatility of the currency. Why even talk about uh, BSV per se as, as in the token? So VXPass is this vaccination tracker solution that has been released uh, with the country of Lesotho. And it's a solution where, you know, that, that provides utility. It doesn't use, it, it doesn't put BSV at the, at the front. It doesn't talk about uh, the, the cryptocurrency as, as the wider market is focused on, but it provides a utility uh, for an existing problem.
And uh, I like to see more of those such solutions. We should probably stop in a minute, but um, can we end perhaps by, uh, I know that you've been involved uh, to some extent with uh, organizing the uh, CoinGeek conference, which is coming up in Zurich uh, on, your, on your doorstep. Um, can you give us a little uh, preview of uh, how that's shaping up and what we can expect? Yes, we've just heard the news yesterday uh, from the government of Switzerland that we can accept more uh, live attendees than initially expected. Um, it's a result of the, the vaccination strategy and, and the progress that have been made on other fronts. Um, what we do intentionally is invite people from industries, from uh, larger companies, from governments, from regulators that are not part of the BSV network. I know that to some of our, let's say, very early, early Bitcoiners and very early entrepreneurs in the space, uh, this might look odd, but the, the, the strategy is very clear. I mean, we want to provide solutions to the world, not to the BSV ecosystem or to the digital asset industry. So I think that um, having conversations with people, introducing them to the ecosystem, to the technology, introducing them to uh, new solutions, um, will be a, a big win for us in the medium and long term. Um, we're all building businesses. We're not doing a marketing pump and dump. So it takes longer and naturally people have to be more patient. But once the foundation has been laid, it's unstoppable. It's a one-way street. So is there a sort of uh, overarching theme for the conference that, that's going to help us understand the, over, the overall uh, message of the three days that we're going to have in Zurich? Yes, so the, the theme is Ignite the Power of Data. And as it already implies, data-driven business models will be um, at the forefront. And we also see this reflected in the um, emergence of, of, of new uh, service, services and business models which come out of the BSE ecosystem. So looking at data problems, um, kind of moving away a bit from the uh, pure thinking of, of, of Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency, I think will serve us very well. And this is what we're trying to achieve with this conference in Zurich. That's brilliant. Well, for anyone who's watching, um, there's three days of the CoinGeek conference in Zurich, at the beginning of June, all the details on the CoinGeek website. Uh, you can sit at home and watch. You don't have to go to Zurich, although it seems like um, a few, few more people will be able to go, which is great. Right. Um, but uh, in the meantime, thank you very much, Patrick, and uh, very good luck with all your work. Thank you for having me and hope to meet you in Zurich, Charles. I hope so very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take care. Thanks very much to Patrick Prince. And the CoinGeek conference runs from the 8th to the 10th of June. So dates for your diary there. Next week, I'll be talking to Fong Ding, the CEO and founder of MeGem which is an online market for students and is introducing a BSV token reward scheme. So please join me with Fong Ding from Toronto to talk about MeGem on next week's CoinGeek Conversations. Thanks for listening. And from me, Charles Miller, goodbye for now.